0: Parsha Themes is for inspired people like you who are looking for engaging and relevant Parsha and Moedim thoughts. Our weekly discussions focus on uplifting thoughts and actionable ideas that will upgrade your avodas Hashem and enhance your Shabbos and Yantov table. I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Tropper, and it's an honor to have you with me here today. Hello and welcome to Parsha's MR. We're going to be focusing on the Vilna Gon, and he has some very famous Verat specifically in Parsha's MR, that tie into the Yom which is always very nice. Gives you something to say over the Yom Nerom, but also gives us a perspective of what the purpose of the Yom Nerom is are and many lessons we have behind them. One of my favorite varts is actually what uh, we'll start off with in Parachav Gimel, Pasik Gimel. It seems to be talking about six days you do work, and on the seventh day is Shabbos. That's what it seems to be talking about. However, there's something very problematic with this Pasuk, and that is that if you read it in the context of where it appears, the Torah says that Ela Hashem, I will now list off the holidays of God, and then all of a sudden it jumps into the holidays talking about Shabbos. That's not the holiday. We're talking about Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkos, Pesach, etc. So what's the pshat here? And all of a sudden we jump into the Shabbos. So we'll explain the Vulnagoans answer, and then we'll explain the simple shot Because we have to understand that the simple pshat is certainly that the Torah is talking about Shabbos, and somehow that's related to the Moedim. The gross says the following. If you look through the Yom Tovim that are listed, so there's something very interesting about all of them. And that is that we have two days of Pesach that are Mikra Kodesh, they're, ho- they're holidays. Vyoma Rishon, Vyoma Rishon, the first day, and the seventh day. Those are uh, official things. Now in Klitzlaritz we celebrate two days of Yontif, we speak of Yoma, but they are stemming off of two holy days that get turned into four. Then there's one day of Shavuos, in Eretz Israel. Then there's two days of Sukkot, Yoma Rishon, and Yoma Shmini. And then there's one day of Rosh and that's what we have. So that's six days of Yom Tovim. And then there's another Yom Tov, which is Yom Kippur, which is the seventh. So it says the grow, what's going on is the following that it's telling me a list of there are six Yom Tovim days of Yom Tovim that have the same halachas, and there's one that has even more strict halachas. What is that? The six days of the Yom Tovim that we just enumerated, those Tasa Malacha, you're allowed to do cooking for Ochel Nefesh. That's what's allowed. But on the seventh day, on the seventh one, which is Yom Kippur, that's a special day where you're not allowed to cook. It says all the halachas of Shabbos Shabboson, so that it's an introduction to the Yam Tovim. That's what the pusik is saying. Now, there's a brilliant shot of the Grah that it's not talking about when it lists off these are de Hashem, the holidays coming up, and it actually doesn't talk about Shabbos. That's the Grah's shot. However, the simple shot is that it is talking about Shabbos, and many of the Mepharshim, and I've seen this based on Ramchal, although he doesn't say this explicitly, they explain that Shabbos is the holiest day of the week, and all the Yam Tovim nurture their holiness from Shabbos in itself. And therefore, Shabbos is the foundation of it. And uh, we've explained this in other places. Kurt Wittner's explanation of what Shabbos is all about versus what the Yom Tovim are. Um, Shabbos is, but Yom Tovim are also pleasurable days. And what the distinction is, very fascinating ideas, not for right now. But the bottom line is that everything is yonik from Shabbos. Everything nourishes from Shabbos. And Shabbos, we know, is Zechel Lema Sebracious, and Zechel like the Ramban says. It reminds us that God created the world in six days, rested rest the seventh. It also reminds us that Shem took us out of Egypt. So it has that element that all the young um, uh, Tovim come to remind us as well, certainly of uh, the exodus from Egypt and many of them about the creation of the world and the purpose, certainly the purpose of the world. So that's a pshat. Okay, that's the first shot of the gra. Now, in the spirit of Shabbos, there's a beautiful pshat from the Grah, and this is not meant um, as an insult to the gra who holds that the pshat we're not talking about Shabbos, this is just an interesting idea of Shabbos that the grub brings down, which I think is a beautiful idea. And that is that um, we read from Bameh Malikim on Friday night, and we say that if you put out the fire on Shabbos, in there because you care about the the, um, the the flame that you're trying to save it, so your chayv, that's usher. But it was because of an onus or you're afraid, and there's times that you might be putter. We're not going to go into alachas, but that's one of the things we say in the Mishnah. So the grub says, well, what's the shaba that it says, in there? because you... It's like you care about the nair. Um, it should be chasal in Arabic. The guy put it out because he cared about the nair and he was trying to save money. So it says to grow up, the Gemara Beitzah tells us that all the expenses that you're going to have are already set aside on Rosh Hashanah and it's decided, predetermined at the beginning of the year by Hashem how much money you're going to have and how much money you're going to spend. And so therefore, a person that thinks he's putting out his candle because he's saving and in order to save money, you're wrong. The Rebun Shalom is not going to give you a penny extra because of that. It's true that you might have a of a vishdalis, that a person needs to be careful and conscious about his lights and about his candles. That's a whole different thing. But if you think you're doing it and therefore you're going to save yourself money, it's wrong. It's not true. Everything you do that has to do with money is already decided by Hashem, and therefore it's only kichas. It's like you think you're thinking you're, you're, you're worrying about your money, and you think you're, you're concerned about it. But really, the Rebant Shalom is the only one who takes care of your money. Now, it's a very nice art, but why here? Why is this said? I believe this is one of the important things. The Beis Yosef asked, so why do we say, we say it after Shabbos ready starts. It's already too late to light. The whole Beis Yosef is telling us what should we light, what should we use for our Shabbos candles. It's too late. We're ready here in Shul. Too late to say it. Okay, so the Beis Yosef has a shot that maybe we're, del- we're doing it to delay it for people that are still dolvening along Mincha, and we want to make sure they have someone to walk home with, for sure. And remember, the Sephardim, they say kegavna, they don't even save them I'm looking for that, It's probably for this and many other reasons, that it's, it's too late, you're already lit. <laughs> and so why are you reading about the halachas of what to light? And of course, other people would say that it's a zecher, to remind, but according to the Grah, it's telling us the whole purpose of Shabbos is to recognize that everything is kechas. You think you're doing things throughout the whole week, you're, yam, tassim, you're doing your work. Shabbos teaches us that it's all for Hashem. Everything you do is all for Hashem. And if Hashem decides you're going to be Matzliach, you're going to have tremendous success. And if Hashem decides that this, this shtal is, is going to give nothing, then even though you think you're doing it and you think you're being chasal in there, it's kichas. It's only your imagination. It's not really happening. What a beautiful shot. I try to think about this every week if I can, coming into Shabbos. That's what it's all about. Moving on to Parachav Gimel Pasach Mem Lekachel we should take the, the um, beautiful Esrog, Kapos Tamarim, and Date palm tree, Anape It's Abos, Abre Nachal, There's a famous thing in Shira Shirem, and I love this Vart because it's attributed to the Grah and Rachaim And the Rebbe and the Talmud kinda of get mixed together. We don't even know who taught it to who. And where did this come from? Who for, who originated it? And was Rahim Veloshan wrote it. Was he saying it, Basham's Rebbe or not? But it's so beautiful. The Torah gets transferred from one Rebbe to the next. There's a Pasuk in Shira Shiram. Peric Zion Pasuk Test. I will go up with the Tamar. Echzeb, Sansinav, I will be seen in the bushes. So, ale Aleph, Ayan, Laman He is estrog Esrog, or Aravos, Lulav, and Hadas, or Hadasim. And they are all tied together, Batamar, with the Lulav taken together. That's the mitzvah. And again, it's the Cherashirim because it's showing our love for Hashem. Hashem teaches us how to express that love. And that's what it's all about. The ale Batamar, I will go up. How do we go up? By bringing the mitzvos together and by showing Hashem that we care about his mitzvos? What a beautiful shot. There's another theme that I've talked about many times about using your mouth properly and how it ties into sukkahs. And we've talked about this in the past about the Mishapara, the curse someone gets for not keeping his word. So there's another piece of that puzzle. The Gra says so many different pieces that all come together. It's so beautiful. Says the Gra. If you look at the word sukkah, it's it could be spelled chaser or male, but we'll spell it full samach vav chafhe. There are five eminence that come out of the mouth, five sounds that the mouth produces. Four out of five of them are all covered in the name sukkah. Why? Because a samach comes from the zashrats, the teeth. There's different words, guttural, etc. I don't. I, I forgot what they are. Ari Kaplan has a whole beautiful explanation of them based on the uh, sefer Etzira. But anyway, take a look over there where he discusses them. But uh, the um. Phonetic sounds that we make. The samach comes from the Zashratz sounds, and the b- vav comes from the Bumf sounds. Okay, the chaf comes from the gich sounds, and the hey comes from the aha, the aha sounds come out of the throat, the gutturals I think they're called. So, however, the dentals, those are the ones that are missing. Dalad, tes, lamad, nun, suf, they're missing. Why is that? Because the four things they surround your tongue, and they make sure that your tongue doesn't step, step out of place. And the Pasukah Tehillim, Paraglamid Aleph, Pasukah Aleph says, Titzpanim Basuko, Merau Vlashonos, that we, uh, we, need, he, they need, we need to be hidden because of our negative tongue. And the Grah brings down um, that, that um, the purpose of Sukkot is Alpi Kabbalah is to be Machniar your, your are of and Hara. What does that mean? It means that we're supposed to spend, we, we spend Rosh Hashanah Kippur Connecting with Hashem, we stop, stop saying bad things. Lashon Hara means Lishna bisha means bad language. Bad language says there's no one that spoke bad language like the snake. What did the snake do? He took all the good that Hashem did and he threw it back in his face. When we speak Lashon Hara about Hashem, that's the ultimate Lashon Hara. We're taking all the good Hashem gave us and we're throwing it in his face. That's what Lashon Hara is. We say, Hashem, I know you told us to speak respectfully, but too bad I'm going to say negative things. I'm going to say negative things about you, about other people. That's what Lashon Hara is. We're throwing things in other people's face. And so we need to make sure that the circus teaches us and we go out of our house and we no, our, our egos are, are diminished, and we realize that we're vulnerable. And then we could we recognize that um, we need to be careful and accountable in how we speak and what we say. Another idea of sukkahs as well from the gra is the puzzle says, Yeshua sukkahs. So the, uh, they have to sit in the sukkahs. So what does that mean? The Gemara and the Mishnahs and Yuma Chav and it says, Yardukasham, if it rains, you're allowed to leave a sukkah. It's a mashal that an Evan came to pour a kos to dilute a kos for his rebbe and for his master, and the master uh, threw the water into his face. So the Gura says, what's going on here? Is he throwing the wine in your face, throwing the water? It says like this, that Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur are days of din, where we're being judged. And then we have Sukkos. So we have the Lulav, which is gadol arov maim. It's grown mostly on water, the Gemara says, and therefore we daven for good water. And so what does that mean? That means that we're trying to bring the water in front of Hashem, which dilutes the wine. The wine that they had back then was very strong and the only way to drink it was by adding water into it. And so therefore, the pshat is that you're bringing water, but water is rachamim and just like the master, uh, just like the slave is bringing, the servant is bringing his master some wine, water to dilute it, but the master says, I don't want to dilute this wine. I want just din. And he throws the ketone of water in his face. That's what the rain is. Hashem is throwing it back in our face. That's why it's a simon ra when we have rain during sukkah. So that's a pshat. That, it's, a lot of people misunderstand this Mishnah. There's no wine being thrown. There's rain being thrown, which is the water, which is the water that was supposed to be used to dilute the Midas HaDin, that's being thrown back in the face, and Hashem is saying, I don't want your Midas HaRachimim, I won't take it. <laughs> and finally, Parach gimel Pasach Mem Gimel says, And the gro explains the following, that famous kasha is, why do we celebrate sukus in the middle of the uh, colder months? What's the Pshat? It's very strange, because it should be right after um, when we went out of Mitzrayim, which was in Nisan, I mean, we should have Pesach, I understand, but then have Sukkot right away. What's well, the Pshat? So the G'ra says that the Pshat is a very famous G'ra from Shir a very Shver G'ra, and uh, uh, many people have spent a lot of time to try to explain it, but it's a very beautiful G'ra, and I'll try to explain it as much as I, I understand it. And what is that? That the, um, after the Jews serve the eagle in the Midbar, so Hashem said, Hinei Anochi sholeach Malach he says, for now on, I'm going to send an angel that's going to be the intermediary. I'm not going to go by myself. The Shechina was not going to be there. But after they, after they did Tshuva, so after they did the egel, they lost the Ananiya Kavad, but they didn't come back until they began to create the Mishkan. And the Gura explains this at the beginning of Shere Shirim, Perak Aleph, Pasik You can look there is a very long explanation and also in the third Parag as well, I believe it's where it's located, this Gura. So... Um, the Shekhinah came back specifically on of Tishrei. On this exact day, when we celebrate the Anani of Sukkot, that's when we have it. And that's why we celebrate it now. Because Yom Kippur, Moshe came down from the mountain to tell the Jews that, that they should create the Mishkan and that he was gonna, Hashem was going to come back and He wasn't going to leave them ever. And that's why it says, Hashem accepts you even in your Tumah. And the next day after Yom Kippur, He told them to bring them the Davos. That was the, the presents for to build the Mishkan. So that was the 11th. And then on the 12th and 13th of Tishrei, they all brought it, because it says, That's two mornings that are listed. And the Medrash says this as well, that it was two days that they brought it, and they got enough in those two days. And therefore, on the, on the 14th day, they announced not to bring any more. And on the 15th, they started to build the Mishkan, and that was exactly when the Shekhinah came back to call And the gr says, Etc., and so that's exactly what happened on the 15th. So that's what we're celebrating. So that's what we celebrate on, on, on uh, Tesvav Tishrei. We celebrate the returning of the Shechina, the returning of the Ananiya Kavod to Hashem, uh, Hashem's presence to the Jews. So we see that Sukkot is not just about celebrating Ananiya Kavod per se. No, it's about something more important than that. It's about celebrating the fact that the Jews sinned, and yet they were able to repent and bring Hashem back, which is what Rosh Hashanah and Kippur is all about. But truthfully, it's not just for that time of year, it's for every time of year. We should always know that HaShem is waiting to hear us. Anytime we could turn to HaShem and say, Hashan, my morning was not very good. My, day, my night was not very good. I'm not doing very well right now. I want to come back to you now. And we could turn to HaShem and HaShem says, I love you, I accept you, and I'm here for you right now. What a beautiful and powerful thing. That's all it is. We turn to the HaShem and this goes with our loved ones as well and our relationships. We can turn to them and say, I love you and I'm sorry. I haven't been doing the right thing. Take me back. And the Anani I covered the clouds of glory that represent the love and the protection to come back to the relationship and it thrive once again. should all be zocha to mend our own relationships and our most important relationship with the Rabon Shalom. We turn to him and say, Rabon take me back, I'm here. And I would love your Anayah covenant to guide me and to watch over me. Thanks for joining us. For more Torah content and to make sure you never miss an episode, don't forget to subscribe and visit us at ParshaThemes.com.